0: Bloodbath and Beyond, episode 18. I'm Casey Mitchum. And I'm Bert and Cody. Today we've got one rule Be nice, because we're reviewing
1: Roadhouse. It's action and horror. It's horror and action. It's Bert and Casey. It's Casey and Bert. Bloodbath and
0: Beyond.
1: Oh! Oh man. Roadhouse. Oh man, Roadhouse! You know, I, I had a. This is one of those movies that came that's coming on TV like every other week, probably. But I've never seen it until you know the other night
0: i I'd seen enough of it, but I had never like really sat down to watch all of it and it's and that's owed completely what you're talking about like I'd always see it on TV and I'd catch a random snippet of it and then I'd go do something else yeah but like so so I between all the snippets, I felt like I'd seen it all, but I really hadn't seen every piece until uh sitting down to watch it for this episode yeah
1: I, I feel like this movie's like a double bill with uh overboard <laughs> Swayze and Kurt Russell that they're Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, let me say before we get any farther, I know that at the end of the last episode, we said we were going to do RoboCop.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and we're still going to do RoboCop, but neither of us realized when we made that promise that, A, we were going to take a extended three-week vacation from recording. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. And, B, that the new RoboCop doesn't come out until February. So, uh I when we, I if we're gonna review the trilogy, I kind of want to get the trilogy around the same time as the remake, and not have like this sequence where we do a bunch of Robocop, then skip a few weeks and go to the new one. So we're gonna do all those at the same time. This week we're doing
1: Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah, Roadhouse. We're we're just kind of flicking through uh, Netflix, and we're like, oh man, have we ever? Have you really watched uh, Roadhouse? And...
0: From beginning to end? And it was no. We we both realized we had not.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I was familiar with the Family Guy parody.
0: As I'm sure many people Yeah,
1: I think that's kind of how this movie got popular again. Was There's like a, an episode where Peter watches a movie and then he starts roundhouse kicking everybody and just saying roadhouse. And
0: Which feels kind of inaccurate because this movie this is pretty devoid of roundhouse kicks.
1: It's mostly like punches to the face. Yes. A whole lot of that and some really stiff Tai Chi from Patrick Swayze.
0: And lots of guys busting out knives, real quick.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, in case you don't know, the movie is about uh, a man who opens up a nightclub. Oh no, no, he's trying to like refurbish a nightclub. Uh,
0: well, to call it a nightclub initially is kind of pushing it. It, it, this is the dive-iest dive bar that just happens to have hundreds of people in it, it every it's, night.
1: It's, deserving of the term, uh, what shit kicker bar. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a uh, double deuces. The
1: du- <laughs> double. T- yeah and um, a man named Tillman played by Kevin Ty who I know I only knew from one of my favorite Tales from the Crypt episodes mm-hmm. cutting cards uh, he conscripts well he just asks you know a man named Dalton played by Patrick Swayze who happens to be the best cooler in town I didn't know what a cooler was apparently a cooler it, is like a pro bouncer
0: yeah like the, he's like the bouncer specialist yeah
1: he's the starting pitcher you know And she sort of coaches other bouncers. Um, And so he's going to clean up this dive bar. I mean, diviest of dive bars, like Casey said. Mm -hmm. And of course, it happens to be in a town that's controlled by an evil Ben Gazzara. Plays a character remarkably similar to the one he played in uh, Big Lebowski. That's true. I didn't even think about (laughs) that. He's sort of, he's the porn tycoon. Here he's a, he's a bit more benign. I mean, uh, Big Lebowski, he's a bit more benign. Here, he's like the tyrant. Excuse me.
0: <laughs> I, by the way, I like the Ben Gazzara character cracks me up because he's bragging about all his accomplishments. At the very end, he's like, "J.C. Penney's is going to come here because of me." <laughs> Like you know, like of all the of all the evil mogul things to brag about, you know, like I control this and I brought this into hey. town. But J C. Penny's like that's his proudest accomplishment at this time in history. All right,
1: first he's gonna plunder all the local businesses, which is what he's been doing for decades apparently, and then he's gonna get the J C. Penny.
0: He also controls the liquor market, which becomes important later.
1: Yeah, he squeezes the liquor market dry. You know, so the movie is more or less a western, but western would be a misnomer. I. Would like to call this maybe the first entry of the mullet western. Oh, it's what other
0: what other movies would you include in that genre? I don't
1: know. This might be the only the only one I can think of. You know, it's a mullet western or a Trailer Park Western. It's oh well. If, if we're going
0: if we're going like the Trailer Park Dive Western, then you know maybe uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, would too.
1: Totally. And, I mean, more. the movie is more or less just Patrick Swayze having to defend, defend the bar from all of these scummy dudes who work for Gazera, Or, what's Brad Wesley, the most bland name you could think of? <laughs> you might as well have named him John Smith, the main bad Although,
0: player. let's point this out. Ben Gazera only really gets involved with this bar because... Swayze on his first day as a bouncer fires his nephew who's been skimming the money from the register $150 a night. Yeah. And Ben Gazera's nephew, he's like, he's like like you don't know what you're doing, man. Because he's... Because, I don't know, Gazera's nephew is like protected. He can't be fired from this awful shitty dive bar. I guess you're right. That
1: it, is what sets this in motion, the violence.
0: <laughs> it's which is which just makes the um I don't know, it makes the build-up even more pathetic. Like, Yuzaro just can't let go that his nephew was fired. Like, if Yuzaro cares this much, why doesn't he hire his nephew to work for him?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's basically what the movie is. Um, I I think this movie's really entertaining. Oh, yes. It's really stupid, though. And just for a <laughs> that's, few... That's part of the entertainment. It's part though, of the I entertainment, mean. yeah. like You can't look at this movie and not go, this, this is... You know, this can't, be par- can't not be parody. It has to be parody at some point. Well, I don't
0: know. But, but this is also the era where, like, there was such an earnestness to be, like, to be movie actioners that even if it wasn't self-parody, it just plays sort of innocently and dumbly along that it, it's just a joy to watch anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the fight scenes are actually quite well photographed and choreographed, too. Yeah. Patrick Swayze because he, you know, he was a professional dancer. He's very athletic and he handles himself really well in the fight scenes.
0: And his he's got a convincing enough build that you don't like question that he can do the things that he says he can. Yeah,
1: like he's fit, but he's not like a bulky modern action star, which I like that about him. And one of the reoccurring catchphrases is that Dalton, huh? I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> Because everybody seems to know who Dalton is, and Dal- Patrick Swayze, it's like, Oh you know who that is that's Dalton. No way! Oh my God. <laughs>
0: that was one of my favorite things in this in this universe that this movie exists in. There are famous bouncers that everyone knows because that happens when Sam Elliott's character Wade Garrett shows up too. They're like, "Who's that? That's Wade Garrett, oh, the man. one." The one from that other part of the country? Like, like at like least anybody who's ever been to a bar knows every bouncer from every other bar. They're like, oh shit, that's Wade Garrett. We can't cause any trouble at this bar.
1: He's just, you know, the toughest son of a bitch you ever saw. And Garrett is more or less just an older Dalton. He has a gray mullet. He's got the Sam Elliott stubble and slow draw.
0: Well, you know, but I, I will say, uh, you know, from the from the mouth of my girlfriend, her words when seeing Sam Elliott this was he was even foxier then. <laughs> like like he he looks he looks quite a bit younger. He's got the long hair, you know. He's he's a he, he almost charms uh, Kelly Lynch away from
1: <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Yeah, the love interest. Um Yeah, all of the or a few of the uh, main characters have real life westerner names like Doc because Kelly Lynch likes Doc Holiday. Wade because Garrett, she's like a Pat, doctor. Yeah, like Pat Garrett, Wade Garrett. That can't be unintentional.
0: No. No, definitely not.
1: <laughs> and uh, there's a, at least one wrestler in this movie.
0: Oh, okay, the great Terry Funk. Terry Funk, uh, if you okay, if you don't know who he is, he. Deserves a bit of explanation for his part in wrestling history. Uh, Terry Funk debuted as a wrestler in 1965. He became a deathmatch pioneer in the late 80s and early 90s. So, probably well into his 50s, he started setting himself on fire and became a mentor to Mick Foley, and they threw each other into thumbtacks, and uh, got pile drove one another into flaming chairs and things. It was, and uh, and Funk was also uh, one of the pioneers of ECW. Yeah, so he wrestled in the Philadelphia scene. And now
1: McFoley can barely move.
0: That's right, but Funk is still wrestling.
1: <laughs> he's about he's turning seventy this year. Also, he
0: he has retired uh, an ungodly number of times. Uh, with it, with his first retirement being in the early eighties. Yeah. In which, in which he infamously claimed in front of an all-Japan crowd,
1: he was going to keep wrestling
0: forever, forever, <laughs> forever, and he's proven himself right.
1: He is the toughest Tallahassee cracker I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: <sighs> so, so yeah, Terry Funk plays a—he uh, plays one of um, Ben Gazzara's thugs. Initially, he's one of the bouncers at the at the Double Deuce, but Dalton uh, Swayze. Fires him because he doesn't have the right temperament for this line of work. Yeah,
1: he's the one who will quickly break a chair over your head as the first order of business. Um, which is
0: uh, which is fitting considering that it's Terry Funk.
1: I, I was really confused in that did he already work for Brad Wesley or did he just immediately go to him along with uh, the nephew? It's good. Um.
0: I don't know. My guess is that either he was already working there or he went and applied to J.C. Penney's and didn't have the temperament for that either. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz there doesn't seem to be a lot going on in this town.
1: Yeah.
0: Like there's a there's a hospital, a hard, there's a bar, a there's an auto store, parts. Yeah. yeah, the auto part hardware store. And that's kind of, and, like, the farm that Emmett lives on, and across the pond from the farm is Ben Gazera's mansion. So like, that's...
1: Yeah, I like how we're introduced to him, and that uh, Dalton's looking for a place to live, which and it happens to be, like, the nicest bachelor pad for a hundred bucks a month I've ever seen over, uh, like, a horse stable. And Ben Gazera buzzes the place with his helicopter before he lands on the other side of a pond. Yes. To have his topless uh, supermodel parties. Oh, man. I mean, this movie's pretty ridiculous. Also at uh, the Double Deuce is real-life Canadian and blind guitarist Jeff Healy <laughs> as Cody. And he sings his own songs, and he's really good, you know.
0: But how do you get to be the house
1: band at a dive bar? <laughs> like. I don't know. It, it kind of reminded me of... Uh, Blues Brothers because he's playing behind like chicken wire, and yeah, someone... they, have a, they,
0: have a, they have a cage. The people throw beer at yeah,
1: they're always yeah. throwing and breaking bottles against it, just like Blues Brothers.
0: Although once Swayze takes over, that stops. Like the cage goes away, they redecorate the place. Yeah, and... I,
1: I like that transition too. Like they sh- they slowly show how he cleans up the bar.
0: Yeah, they like he like he's trained the he's trained the staff that are already there to be a well oiled security machine. Yeah. Like what's what's his big rule? Be nice. Be nice. It doesn't matter if you're if you're telling him to leave. Be nice. You're pulling him down from a table. Be nice. You're walking him out the door. He won't go. Get get somebody else to come gr- help him grab you with him. Drag him out. But
1: be nice. Yes. And if you don't if you don't if you can't be nice, then it's time to not be nice, or something. But you do that outside. Yeah. But you do it out. That was rule number two. Take it outside.
0: Take it outside. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, the rule okay. number one was. Expect the unexpected,
0: <laughs> which is usually a knife.
1: Yeah, someone's always popping out a switchblade. There's even a guy with a knife boot. Yes, I, that was one of my that, that's, favorite parts.
0: That's, that's, that Swayze spots the second he walks in the door. He looks at his foot and go, like you'd see the shining knife at the bottom of the boot.
1: I think he's used to having knife boot bad guys walk into bars before.
0: Well, we as we as we learn, you know, Dalton has killed a man before.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what Casey, it's it's funny you mentioned this and uh from Dust Till Dawn being of the trailer park western genre because the beginning of the movie, I mean this is a little off topic, but the guy singing is uh, Tito from Tito and Tarantula, who is the band that played at the Titty Twister in From Dust Till Dawn.
0: Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, so
1: there is a connection that that just I just realized that. <laughs> so I dig it. Yeah. But it's already get off topic, yeah.
0: No, it's okay. It's it's all on topic. Well, can we talk about for a second the the Dalton character himself? Because I <laughs> fell into a giggle fit when he said, "Yes, giggle fit." That's the word that we use on that show about action and horror. Um, oh, when Dalton when Dalton brought up to Kelly Lynch that he was a philosophy graduate from NYU. <laughs>
1: yeah he's like you know man searching for faith that kind of shit i'm quoting the direct dialogue here that was fairly ludicrous and she asked him how he ended up a bouncer and he just said i don't know (laughs) and we're led to believe through most of the movie he has this dark past and really the dark past was that he killed another man whose whose wife he was sleeping with
0: because the man pulled a gun on him, and what else are you gonna do?
1: Yeah. Didn't they
0: say that the way he killed him was that he ripped his throat out?
1: Yeah. That comes back later in the movie in some way. It does. With uh, the wonderful character of Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I th- I think Jimmy is the character that might lend some of the more unintentional hilarious moments. Uh, especially when he has the get him sticks moment where he starts twirling <laughs> pull cue to egg on Dalton inside of the bar.
0: Yes he has yeah he does have his own karate moves. He's a he's a he's quite a master at the uh, pull q kendo.
1: Yeah <laughs> Step fight. So I was really hoping one of his cronies and Gazara's henchmen would have yelled get him sticks. Just like in one of the best Steven Seagal movies.
0: Out for Justice. (laughs) That's definitely going to be a major episode on
1: this show. Don't you mean like every Seagal movie?
0: Well, yes, but Out for Justice is my particular favorite.
1: (laughs) I'm more of an under siege man, but Out for Justice is up there. But anyways, Roadhouse.
0: Roadhouse. Okay. (laughs) So can we talk about the really awkward sex scene between Kelly Lynch and yeah. Dalton?
1: That just kept that going, was, didn't it? It was especially bad. Like, they, they had no chemistry. I could just tell they probably had to do tons of cuts, and Kelly Lynch is probably pausing the whole time going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they walk into the house, and he's like,
0: it's not much. And she goes, I love it. Like, she's about to move in or something.
1: I, it's just, you're you're just visiting. <laughs> like, I think even Emmett says the same thing the next morning. Wow, well, she was just ready to move in and set up a tent.
0: <laughs> but we're understand that, like, Kelly Lynch is this intelligent doctor, but she just kind of becomes Dalton's stalker. Like, every time he gets off work, she's standing outside in a different dress parked in front of the place. Yeah.
1: Well, he meets her because she's patching up a I think a a knife wound.
0: Natural causes. And he says
1: one of my favorite lines and pain don't hurt.
0: <laughs> How'd you get this natural causes? Looks like a knife wound, like I said. Natural causes.
1: <laughs> Alright, but the the love scene does begin with Sweet, or Dalton turning on the radio and it's like this metal song. Yeah. Then he switches it to like adult contemporary. They start undressing. Yeah,
0: it's that, it's that Otis Redding song. Yeah. Hey, it's... uh Conveniently, that's also the song that's played during the love scene in Dirty Dancing, which I'm betting they were hoping that we would notice.
1: I didn't because I've never actually watched Dirty Dancing. I'm sorry. Ah. I'm sorry. Well
0: for, well, for our spinoff show, Blood Dance and Beyond. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll, we'll definitely cover that yeah, one. Flagship title, Dirty Dancing.
0: Um but uh, alleged well actually not even allegedly this is a true story kelly lynch says that every time this movie comes on somewhere in the world bill murray will see it and either he or his brothers will call her husband and say hey hey your wife's having sex with patrick swayze right now she says that she she dreads days she dreads days where tv stations will have marathons of it because Murray and his brothers will watch the movies every time and wait for it to get to that scene and call like every time it happens. And she said like he could be in Tokyo or Russia or filming a movie and that like that he'll he'll wait for he'll see it on TV and he'll wait for that scene and call the husband and go, Hey, wife's having sex with Swayze again. You might want to look into that buddy and hang up. Like
1: <laughs> What are you gonna do? It's Swayze.
0: That's
1: right. Swayze at his peak
0: so that, that, is, that is there's a lot of uh, urban legends about Bill Murray but, apparently, but according to Kelly Lynch this one is 100% true yeah. and it's, it's tortured her her entire
1: life I was wondering if the love scene was also influential to Ghost they just added in the um, the clay rotisserie thing, a rotating device <laughs> it's, it's bad but I think we should talk about the fight scenes too yeah. Um we don't see Dalton actually fight anybody until a good half hour into the movie. No. In
0: fact he kinda stands around with his arms crossed, uh giving what uh Mac in Always Sunny from Philadelphia refers to as an ocular pat down. <laughs> <laughs> He's just always got his arms crossed. He's looking at one of these security. Intimidation give... factor. Yeah, he's just giving the other guys a nod, like, go handle that.
1: Yeah, well the very beginning of the movie when he's at like a much nicer nightclub, some guy pulls out like a huge ass knife. He's like, Come on, Dalton, I don't think you're that tough. He's like outside. And then he just walks away once the guy's outside.
0: And just has the staff standing at the door to take care so, of him.
1: I actually liked that about the script.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah. I, it
1: builds you up in your mind, like, okay, this guy is like a really tough badass,
0: and it, it, it's not just that he's also a pro at his job. Yeah, like, like I understand why they're paying him five hundred a night, all medical expenses paid <laughs> in in nineteen eighties dollars.
1: Yeah, um, Swayze is really convincing in the role because he's like, okay, he's like a smaller built or smaller framed guy but he's got like an air of coolness about him. He's a cooler. Yeah. Um and he's And he
0: looks he looks like a guy that would convincingly work at this kind of bar. Yeah.
1: Like and Swayze himself acts like he's totally into it. Like he's, yeah. he believes into the character himself. And
0: so He's taking it seriously. Yeah. It's not treated like a joke role.
1: And that's a big reason why I think this movie's carried over to be such uh a cult. It's a cult film now. Um, you know, I've, I've seen people wearing double douche shirts before, and I didn't know what they were, and now I know. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, Andy Dalton for the Cincinnati Bengals is nicknamed Roadhouse for this. Ah. Too bad he's not a good quarterback, but that's another argument altogether. I think we were talking about the action scenes, and like I said earlier, they're very well photographed. Um, they are. And Benny Urquidez whom you might know from Wheels on Meals and Dragons Forever. Also, uh, apparently,
0: the the Muay Thai kickboxing champion. Um, and, for the man that no less a source than Danny Trejo called Hollywood's secret badass, John Cusack.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, um, Benny Urquidez was a fight choreographer for uh, Gross Point Blank. And I think they started like a friendship up at least, you know, when that movie was made, maybe before. So Benny Orquidez has been his sensei since then, so to speak.
0: Yeah, Urquides has earned his stripes. I I want to say he was virtually undefeated as a kickboxer.
1: He might be undefeated for all I know. Like retired undefeated, and then he went into movies. Um, he's a really he's a blast to hear interviewed. There's a there's an interview on him. With him uh, about the movie Wheels on Meals on YouTube floating around. I highly recommend it. Um, but he does a really good job choreographing the fight scenes. And adding kind of an MMA feel to a lot of them. There's some yeah. good, like, uh, joint locks, kickboxing moves. Um, a lot of uh, strikes to the knees. Yeah. Well, Swayze says, "Does Hit the biggest guy in the world the knee. He'll drop like a stone.
0: And he ain't wrong. That's always one of the pieces of advice I've heard about fighting.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent piece about self-defense. Um, Swayze, earlier in the movie, does I recognize it. It's a Tai Chi set. It's, I think, from Yang style. But he does it very, like, tense. I mean, I'm sure, like, uh, the Tai Chi instructor just said, oh, here are the movements, Patrick, and we're, the director wants you to look sweaty and buff. And so you're going to do that for the ladies. Uh, so, it's not like true Tai Chi, but he does like the actual movements quite well. Just not with yeah. like, the softness. So
0: Essentially, Dalton has to move on from just working at this bar to dealing with the machinations of Ben Gazera. Because Ben Gazera, after his nephew was fired, has put a stranglehold on the liquor license of the Double Deuce. They are not able to bring in any alcohol. It's seriously hurting their ability to make money. Uh, Gazera offers to hire Swayze, but Swayze says no dice because Swayze recognizes that Ben Gazera is not a good human being. Um, and he knows this because Gazera's wife flirts with him at the bar, uh, gets dragged off by a minion, and then the next time we see her, she's in Gazera's house doing aerobics, but she has a huge black eye.
1: Yeah, that was actually pretty disturbing. Like, if there were anything disturbing about the movie, it'd be that. You'd be like, oh, crap.
0: And it's it's handled so it's actually kind of handled subtly. They don't make a big deal out of it.
1: Yeah, um,
0: she they just they just kind of show her covering up her eye and him yelling at her for the music that she plays because it ain't got no heart.
1: <laughs> it was like some eighties like aerobics music.
0: Something something that sounds like a uh, Paula Abdul.
1: Yeah, um, Swayze also was probably putting his NYU philosophy degree to good use, so he can judge character quite well. Yeah. And, and like, the whole relationship with Dalton and Wesley, that is the most westerny thing about the movie.
0: Oh, yeah. He's, like, Wesley is the corrupt mayor of the old Western town. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: Dalton's the new sheriff in town who's trying to run him out.
1: Yeah, and uh, the Double Deuce is kind of like the little Rio Bravo location. Bad guys are always trying to get in to cause trouble. Swayze's got to take him out.
0: Gazera's resor- <laughs> resorting to... Uh... Arson. Yeah, to take to take out any businesses that he can't buy yeah. out.
1: Uh, also, this movie was a little more violent than I was expecting, with the fight yeah. scenes. Um There's some br- there's a couple of brutal things in here.
0: Uh, Not the least of which is a man getting his throat ripped yeah.
1: out. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has yeah one of my one of the most awkward lines uh, from when Dalton's fighting a bad guy. He has uh, Dalton in like a chokehold, and he goes, "He's to fuck guys like you in prison." <laughs> one of the more uh, unintentionally hilarious <laughs> moments. Yeah. Uh, what?
0: He just There's no build up to it. He just. That's just one of the mini lines he decides to drop. Yeah, there
1: was never any mention. Like this guy was in prison. It's just he just says it. <laughs> just says it.
0: But. Uh, there's there's also a scene where when during Dalton's final siege against Ben Gazera, where he drops a stuffed polar bear on a guy very
1: slowly. and I, uh, guy... let's let's talk about Wesley's trophy room. He has every <laughs> single animal you could probably kill mounted in this trophy room. It's, it's, it's every, like, species of monkey and bear and moose and deer. It is the
0: most hideous room. It is a vegetarian's nightmare.
1: Did they just go to, like, a taxidermy museum and just rent it?
0: I'll take all of it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm sorry. But I had to bring that up because that was one of the more hilarious things to me was Ben, ben Gazzara's trophy room.
0: It's it's excessive. It, it includes spears that Gazera is throwing at him.
1: Yes, and uh, one of the spears, like when he throws it, it's clearly like on a wire. The way it flies,
0: <laughs> it flies way too far for Ben Gazera's strength,
1: and way too straight. <laughs> and the way uh, Patrick Swayze has to dodge it, it's a little a little too rehearsed. Um, the movie does have a, it's 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 a problem with certain movies like this. And Cliffhanger or Commando, where it's an extremely uh, mismatched Mm in-fight. Like, there's no way Wesley is going to put up a fight with Dalton, who's just beaten the garbage, you know, that's tar out of all of these huge thugs and karate experts throughout the movie. And Ben Gazzara was well into his 50s by the time he made this movie. And in Cliffhanger, where uh, John Lithgow tries to fight Stallone.
0: Yeah, you don't buy yeah, it. Yeah, you don't buy it. You don't buy it, and and Gezira is not cunning enough. <laughs> no, either he no. just kind of, he's just kind of this feeble old evil man.
1: Yeah, and, he, and then he like towards the end of the fight he pulls out a gun to use on He's Like, why didn't you use that before? He, your your first go to was the spears. I think it was his fists first, and then the spears. <laughs> That's
0: right. That's right. He tried to punch him. It's
1: like this isn't working. Like if they had. Earlier scenes that oh Gazera he's like you know a third degree black belt you know he's actually the toughest guy it's like okay that'd be kind of cool but no he's just an old guy or
0: if Dalton had sustained more injuries from fighting the thugs
1: no like he's been using them as human shields against shotgun blasts and whatever
0: yeah he's he's fine yeah (laughs) but like I said he drops a polar bear on one guy
1: (laughs) yeah the the really heavy set guy.
0: He did, it's it falls so slow and the guy reacts to it falling like a like a living polar bear is attacking him when well, he could have just sidestepped but he's just screaming and unloading his gun into this
1: dead polar bear <laughs> and then Swayze has the worst uh like action zinger with you were made for each other
0: what I don't even know what that means
1: what the, they're both the bear, heavy the, the bears they're they're both bears they're stiff like, I don't I don't get it Swayze it's. Maybe it's just because it's laying on him and it looks
0: romantic to Swayze. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was It's pretty bad. Um, but, okay, we're at the finale here. I do not This – First of all, we know that Swayze <laughs> has ripped the foot of one guy, and he's been haunted about it for forever. That's why he had to move across the country and go to this roadhouse.
1: Can- um, outside of Kansas City. Outside
0: of Kansas City, yeah. Yeah. Um, we also saw him rip out Jimmy's throat. <laughs> he had no qualms about this, but he's got Gazera pinned down and his hand is hovering and trembling in the air because he can't bring himself to claw out Ben Gazera's throat. And I do not buy that for a second.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's, there's no reason, there's no character motivation for him to be unable to do this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, the rest of the town takes care of that for him. They sure do. <laughs> they, they sure do. One of the most casual examples of brutal mob violence I've ever seen in a movie happens here. Treated
0: treat like a moment of heroism.
1: Yeah, and then like everybody's so lighthearted about it, giggling at the end. Like <laughs> it's almost like uh like a romantic comedy's ending. I almost I expected it to end with a freeze frame and Kelly Lynch to pop out and. Patrick Swayze, like, throws something in the background and it freezes on that.
0: And Paula Abdul plays. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, like, it's it's so ridiculous, too, because even his minion walks out. And he's like, I didn't see nothing. Polar bear fell on me. Like, that's,
1: <laughs> so hilarious. That's, that's,
0: that's the country music television uh, airing freeze frame right there. You know, it's just... Also, that is the
1: only time there's any instance of law enforcement appearing in this movie. We just hear sirens in the background. So yeah. many times with these long, brutal fistfights within the double deuce.
0: But all the townspeople are holding guns. They've blown him to shit. Yes. And none of them are worried about legal ramifications because nobody can prove anything?
1: <laughs> you can, Oh yeah, they all like pass the shotguns to another guy to hide. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! The police
0: are gonna go outside, find a hole with a bunch of unburied <laughs> shotguns in it.
1: No, no, like a cop walks in at the end and he goes, "Okay, someone explain to me what just happened here." <laughs> right, because that's what cops do. <laughs> yeah, the, so that's the that's due process over there, I guess. You know, they're very fair over there with murders.
0: <laughs> you know, if there were a sequel, I'm sure Swayze would have joined the police force and cleaned up their <laughs> <Yeah>. corruption. But
1: <laughs> you know, I I was a bit disappointed that. Very big spoiler alert. Well, not that we haven't had spoilers already, but Terry Funk dies off screen. Yeah. I was I was wondering if there was supposed to be like a big long fight scene they had planned out with Terry Funk and they just didn't have time for it.
0: He could have done
1: it. He was still pretty spry at this point. I was wondering if like the shooting schedule didn't permit it in the budget.
0: Maybe, maybe he had to fly back to Japan to be thrown into a <laughs> barbed wire. Shards
1: of glass, you know. <laughs> maybe he was suggesting like, oh, Patrick, I'm going to throw you in all this glass, and then I'm going to pull out some barbed wire and try to choke you with it. It's like
0: I know this young kid named Mick. He'll do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, who can be your stunt double? He looks just like you, man. <laughs> so
0: I, You both got mullets. That's all that matters. Yeah,
1: man. One mullet's the same as the other. Um, also, the scene with the knife boot guy. There's definitely a guy walking in from outside, and when he walks inside, it's definitely a different actor. Or stuntman. Thought they could slip that one by me, eh?
0: Well, he also kicks impossibly high. Because when he tries to kick Swayze with the knife boot, the leg goes up and it's clearly somebody else's leg. Because it's it's not like one continuous shot. They cut from him kicking up, and then when they cut back, that leg is almost perfectly in the air.
1: I was thinking, like, the leg and the cutaway of just Swayze was a dummy leg because he totally breaks the ankle.
0: Yeah, that's probably what was going on. It was just definitely not the same leg we saw.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I enjoyed that part, too. It was almost like Indiana Jones with the swordsman moment because you're like, oh, man, the guy's got a knife boot. No, he just breaks his leg. Very easily. Yeah. Very easily. But, uh, I mean, overall, would you recommend this movie? Absolutely. This is an entertaining time. I was almost disappointed I didn't watch this with, like, a big group of friends. This is, like, a beer and pizza movie with your buddies. Oh, yeah. So, I'm totally down to re-watching this movie in such an environment. Definitely. How about you, Casey?
0: Um, I'm really pleased to say that this lives up to the cult hype. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect, really. I mean, I... I knew that this was something that a lot of people talk about. I knew this is a movie that's just kind of become one of those quote machines, as evidenced by uh, by our inability to get through it without quoting it multiple times.
1: Yeah, go off on big tangents.
0: Go off on big tangents, but I think it's well earned. It's a
1: perfectly fun piece of eighties cheese. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of action movie that's missing today, and that it gets all like these little things right, like well photographed and well done fight scenes, mm-hmm. um, tongue in cheek humor, and a good guy that's genuinely likable. Because yeah. you really do like yeah. Dalton, even though he's kind Definitely. of ridiculous.
0: And I enjoyed watching the progression of the bar, uh, which made it, made logical sense as he built it up. Yeah, you they get, actually did a really good job get with somewhat
1: that. somewhat attached to, like, um, my favorite was Carrie Ann, the barmaid. She's barely in the yeah. movie, and she's clearly being lip-synced later on when she starts to sing. That's a wonderful <laughs> little 80s music video. <laughs>
0: My girlfriend is a musician and her comment on her singing was that is an actress that has never been on stage her entire life.
1: <laughs> I think that's why I liked the Carrie Ann character. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um and like there's an earnestness about it and at the same time like You're not quite sure if it's parody. Like, Swayze's almost like Leslie Nielsen in a way. Like, he's so serious at times. But other times, like, he's kind of winking along with the audience. Like, yeah, this is absurd. He's the bartender. He's going to clean up the town. But I wonder if that's part of just
0: Swayze's... I wonder if that's, like, Swayze's natural charm, though. You know, like, like I almost feel like sometimes there might be a joke here, but Swayze's not necessarily in on it.
1: Maybe. Like... (laughs) Or maybe, like, everybody was playing this movie straight, except for maybe Ben Gazzara and Sam Elliott, because they're the older actors. They're, they're a
0: little more wise, and they know what this <laughs> is. They know what
1: this is. <laughs> and, you know, it's just become sort of this cult movie you can laugh along with and really be entertained by. So this is certainly one of the more entertaining movies I've watched for the show lately. Mm-hmm. I think
0: that about does it for uh,
1: Roadhouse. Yeah, um, that's about it. So next week, actually, what are we doing next week? Uh, I don't think we've like quite planned. What At first, we were thinking about one movie, but it's still a, like a week too early to do RoboCop.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're moving that other movie into a into a set we planned out right before this recording. So, um, uh, like, what do you think about doing from Dust Till Dawn?
1: Absolutely, I have a copy of it, so. Um, I'd totally be down to doing uh, From Dust Till Dawn. That's a nice little companion piece. Or if we could do Overboard. I'm kidding. <laughs> I,
0: I would, but I don't know if I have
1: access to that one yet. Yeah, so, uh, I think so From Dust Till Dawn would be perfectly fine.
0: Let's do a, a Dive Bar Duo.
1: Dive Bar Duo. The to, to ring in our new year of Blood, Bath, and Beyond bloodies.
0: Yeah, this is, this is to uh, overcome the show's hangover, as Bert and I uh, <laughs> Get rid of all this podcasting (laughs) rust we've developed over the last three weeks. Holy
1: cow, I've atrophied. Yeah. We
0: apologize to any listeners that are like, this is not as polished as I've come to expect. But I
1: hope we've properly sold you on, you know, this entertaining movie of that's Roadhouse.
0: That's right. So next week, uh, join us again for the entertaining movie that is From Dusk Till Dawn. So, until then,
1: I'm Burton Cody,
0: and I'm Casey Mitchum. Stay bloody, my friends.
1: Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt.